Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In the Tram Lines podcast. My name is Brandon Lawrence. I will be uh, leading the, the discussion today. Joining us are two fellow writers on the site, Andrew Moffa and Dustin Petzgold. On this podcast, we will be discussing the Wimbledon Gentlemen's Singles Championships. Um, as always, it is a story of the big three, Roger Federer, uh, Rafael Nadal, and Novak Djokovic, uh, in no particular order. Obviously, the defending champion is Djokovic, having defeated Nadal in the final last year. Uh, we'll start with, actually, Novak Djokovic today. Andrew, what do you think about um, Novak's chances to win the, to win the uh, tournament this year? Is he the prohibitive favorite? Is he an underdog to Nadal? Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think he is going into this tournament? I think Djokovic is the favorite. I mean, he hasn't played since the French Open. I think he needed a little bit of time to regroup. I mean, it was a very emotional final against Nadal that he lost, but I think he's the favorite. He won this tournament last year, and that's when he became number one in the world for the first time. Um, so, I mean, I, I think he's the favorite. He's the defending champion. Even though Nadal has won here twice, Federer obviously owns Wimbledon. So, it's going to be interesting, but Djokovic is the favorite to repeat this year. Now, Dustin, what do you think? Um, do you think that, that Nadal's defeat of Djokovic in the French Open, do you think that does something to Djokovic's psyche? Do you think that might, you know, plant some more seeds of doubt in his mind about whether or not he can beat Nadal or not? What do you think? Well, I can't speak for him, and, but if I were him, I wouldn't be too worried about it because, you know, you have to expect Nadal to win at Roland Garros. That's just what's happened for years and years. So I really think he should be able to put it behind him and realize that at Wimbledon he will, um, you know, his, his weapons will be more of an advantage there. So I do think he's still the favorite, but it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic plays out because... Uh, Nadal has beaten Djokovic the last three times they played, but they were all on clay. So it's it's, it's really hard to say, but it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. Now, do you think that the, the, the long sort of... Djokovic had two five-set matches before the finals at the French Open. Do you think that sort of, you know, more physically grueling play, do you think that it'll carry over to Wimbledon? Like sort of, sort of the, the, the potential fatigue or the... Maybe any sort of na- uh, you know nagging injuries that he might have been having. Well, um, you know, I, I don't think it should be too much of a factor. You know, he's had um, the layoff. You know, that, that he's had plenty of time to rest up, and he's a tough competitor, and he's very fit, and you know, a great match player. So I don't, I don't think it will affect him too much. Yeah. Now, Andrew. So with with Nadal. <laughs> Do you think, I mean, he has, you know, last year it was a four-set match. It was a, it was a tough four-set match against Djokovic in the final. Do you think Nadal has a better shot this year than last year at, at beating Djokovic in, in the final? I think he does. I think for Nadal, even though all his wins against Djokovic so far this year have been on clay, he's a player that really needs that confidence that, that uh that was shown earlier in his career against Federer. So even though they're all in clay where Nadal is the better player, that has to give Nadal confidence. And I mean, I, I think Nadal's a better shot this year, but they both have fairly tough draws. I mean, Djokovic has Burdish to worry about, Nadal has Sanga, and they're two players that people talk about uh, as kind of underdogs in this tournament. So it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, and, and r- rounding out the big three, um, Roger Federer, 
Federer's drawn on Djokovic's half for what seemed like the 500th time in his career. Um, if <laughs> if Federer beats Djokovic, wins the tournament, Federer would regain the number one ranking and then break Pete Sampras' record um, for uh, most weeks spent at number one. Dustin, what are the odds do you think of that happening? Um, it's going to be tough for him. Uh, I, I do think he has a better chance uh, going in than he's had at the last couple majors. Um, and also, it has to be uh, noted that he has a much easier draw in the early rounds than uh, than a lot of these players, than Djokovic and uh, Murray especially. So that's that's uh, going to help him. Do, but, do, do you think that matters, though? Do you think that an, an easy draw matters? I mean, we've seen, you know... Djokovic and Nadal have been tested before, and it really hasn't affected them at all. Do, do you think it's a big deal that it has an easy draw, easy first few rounds? Well, yeah, I think it potentially could because we've seen Federer struggle in the early rounds before. Um, you know, having a really close match against Mahout um, at this past French Open, and um, he's, he's struggled in the early rounds of Wimbledon before, too. So I think um, Djokovic in the first round is going to have to face... Uh, Juan Carlos Ferrero, and, and that, that's a tough matchup for him. I mean, I don't think Ferrero has the tools to beat Djokovic at all, but he's not going to go away, and he's not going to make an easy match of that. Whereas Federer has um, most likely um, Fanini in the second round and Ramos in the first round, so that's going to be much easier for him, and I think that could potentially be an advantage in the long run, yeah. So, I mean, go, going in, into the potential semifinal against Novak Djokovic, do you think Federer, I mean, he lost the last three times against Djokovic at a major. He lost, um, he lost the, he lost the, uh, the U.S. Open last year. He lost at the French Open this year. I'm sorry, that was two times in a major. And then he lost in the Dahl at the semifinal in Australia. I mean, do you think he can beat Djokovic at a major? Well, I think, personally, that they haven't played uh, at Wimbledon in a while, I don't know exactly how long it's been or even even who won their last meeting, but uh, because Federer lost last year to Sanga, but I think Federer will feel pretty good on the grass if he has to play Djokovic in the semis. I think um, it's an interesting point Dustin brought up about maybe who spends more time on the court going into that semifinal. Because, uh, I mean, Federer is older. So, but I, I think Federer will have a shot, actually. I mean, the fans there love him. He loves playing there. He's won the tournament so many times. So I, I think he has a chance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very interesting. And actually, to answer your question, I don't think Federer and Djokovic have actually ever played at uh, Wimbledon before. I, I'm, I'm trying to find when they would have. I don't think they have, actually. So if they were played, that would be a very interesting, um, interesting situation because Federer lost in the quarterfinal last year before he would, he would have played Djokovic. And the same thing from the year before. Uh, they were in the same uh, half of the draw um, in 2010. But Beredic beat Federer in four sets, you know, preventing the semifinal matchup. So I, I think that would be, obviously, the more intriguing um, semifinal matchup. Now, obviously, you know, we always have to talk about Andy Murray at Wimbledon. Um, being, you know, the, the best British hope, pretty much the only British hope. Uh, drawn into Nadal's half again. For it seems like you know the, the 500th time in his career, Dustin, do you think Murray has a shot to even get to the semifinals? You know he's been struggling with injury, he's been struggling with uh, you know lack of form, and then he's struggling with you know Rafael Nadal. Do you think Murray can beat Nadal on grass at Wimbledon? 
Right. Um, I say definitely not. Um, you know, we saw him at, at Queens Club um, last week have, have a really horrible tournament and losing in the first round against Mahout. And um, it really seems like he he doesn't even deserve to be mentioned in, in, in the group of uh, Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic anymore. And that's something that's kind of developed um, over the season, just over the last few months. But if you look at the draw, the first two rounds, he has uh, Devinenko for the first round, which it, it, it's got to be a pretty tough match for him in the first round because Devinenko is such an experienced player, even if he's not in anywhere close to the form he once was. And then in the second round, he has Karlovich, who is really a threat to beat anyone at any time if, if, if he's on a good day. So it's going to be really tough for Murray to get through. But, um, yeah, he, he's... On top of everything that's been happening to him already, this this draw he has is just another strike against him, and I think um, he he really could lose any round. I, I honestly think that because of the way that all the struggles that he's had recently, it's it's going to be really tough for him. And, and well, I, I think the one thing about Murray, I mean, he's shown this at Wimbledon before. That even though if he hasn't played his best tennis, he's a player that really feeds off of emotions really well and the crowd obviously will be behind him uh, more so than any other player and he showed him that epic match against Cascade a few years ago when he just got the crowd involved and it was just a crazy environment there but if he can get past the early round and he can play well maybe he faces that first test or so the crowd will be behind him and he has the games to go far he's the number four player in the world for a reason and uh, I think that wouldn't be smart to count him out just yet. All right, and of course, you know the, the question that always has to be asked. I mean, is it just going to be a Djokovic Nadal final? I mean, do you see anyone stopping either of those two players? Um, I I, I would lean towards yes. Um, Federer's got to be in the mix. He's got to be in the conversation, and. Of course, I think you'd like to see somebody else break through, maybe a Ronich or, or someone like that who can really bring out his weapons on grass, but I, I'd say the chances are pretty good that it's going to be uh, Novak and Nadal again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if they would play in this final, it would be the fifth final in a row, fifth major final in a row that uh, they would meet in the final. Andrew, is this good for men's tennis, that they have such a, such a rivalry like this, that they've met potentially for the fifth straight time in a major? Well, just to add to that, actually, if Nadal makes the final, it'll be his sixth straight final, not even close to Federer's 10. Uh, but I actually think it is it is good in ways and it's not good in ways. I mean, they the finals they play are always epic. They're great to watch for the fans, but I think in a way it isn't good for men's tennis because you always like to see some upsets. And I think that's what's appealing to me about women's tennis, especially now is that you never know what's going to happen. You can't, as soon as you race Serena in the Echo final, she loses in the first round. I mean, so I think that element of surprise, the element of like, you never know what's going to happen, it isn't there in men's tennis right now. And depending on who you ask, they'll like it or they'll hate it. So Yeah, that, that, that's definitely I, I think more people would say that it would be you know good for men's tennis, but I think your point's definitely well taken. Uh, the, the predictability of it becomes sometimes not boring, but in a way it sort of renders the rest of the draw, you know, sort of worthless and, and not really, you know, worth going over just because 
if you know it's going to happen already, everyone else is just playing until they get to one of those two top players. So, right. Yeah, it's it, it's it's interesting though. Um, speaking of speaking of you know players who probably won't win, but you know maybe you know might make a run. Some some of the young guns um, in the men's game. You know, we're talking some of these young guns are probably a few years away from competing uh, for majors, if ever, um, given the current state. But a couple of them, Ryan Harrison, uh, you know, Dustin, you mentioned uh, Milos Rajonic. Um, let's, talk about, let's talk about Harrison first. He has a really tough draw against uh, Lou. Dustin, I mean, do you see Harrison? And then he would play Djokovic. Do you see Harrison making a run and uh, giving Lou a good match and then giving Djokovic a good match? Well, I think Harrison versus Lou is really a toss-up. Uh, Lou obviously becomes a completely different player on grass, and it's kind of inexplicable to me, but it's happened over the past several years. Um, Harrison did beat Lou um, in a warm-up tournament here, but I think it'll be a really close match, and I think no matter which one of them prevails, they're going to have no chance against Djokovic. Um I think Djokovic's uh, toughest match um, of the first three rounds will probably be against Ferrero. Um, and I see him getting through that fairly easily. And then um, I think he'll do really well over um, whoever he plays in the second round. Yeah. Now, uh, another young gun, uh, Milos Rajonic. Andrew, what do you think about his chances to uh, to make a run? He has a, actually not a bad draw. He, he plays... Uh, the uh, Colombian Geraldo in the first round, then probably Sam Query, and then it, it would most likely be Marin Schillick. Do you think he has a chance to maybe make a third or a fourth round? I think he does. I mean, it's interesting because that match against Query, they're similar players in their styles. But I think um, Raonic just does what Query does better. I think against Schillick, that would be extremely tough. In a lot of ways, they're almost the same player. I mean, Schillick is a higher seed, but... I don't really know if he's a better player. So I think he definitely has a chance. I mean, he's shown in majors he can play with some of the top players. He lost a very tight three-set match to Federer uh, at Queens so, or at Hal. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. He's definitely one of the players to watch. I don't know if this tournament is his chance, but he'll he'll be there for many years to come. That's good. Yeah, I mean, hope you know you keep waiting for him to make the breakthrough. I, I frankly think this could be his year, um, in this tournament because I mean he's in Murray's section. He would play Murray in the fourth round. Chillick has been sort of inconsistent. He, he's kind of he, he's on a recent good run of form, but he's very temperamental. That could end very quickly. Um, I you know I, I think if, if anyone's going to make the quarterfinals, that's going to that's going to be a surprise. It's going to be below like like an eight seed or you know a, you know below a, you know a twelve seed. I think it would be uh, Ryonich. So hopefully, uh, yeah, I think he's definitely a player to watch on grass. Last year, he hurt his hip in the second round, so we couldn't see how good he could be on grass. So, I mean, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. Another couple players, they're playing each other in the first round. Bernard Bernard Tomic and David Goffin, uh, the Belgian Goffin and the Australian Tomic. Dustin, I mean, these are two young guys. Do you think any of them, uh, do you think, A, do you think they have a bright future? And do you think they can make any noise in this tournament? Well, I actually got to uh, watch Goffin a lot um, at Roland Garros, and that was really his breakout tournament. He'd basically been a challenger player prior to this. And I think he's got a good game, and he clearly has a good head on his shoulders. And I do think he'll manage to get through Tomic. Um, 
I just think he's a little more solid, and Tomich is a good player, but he can be pretty unpredictable. So I do think Dauphin will get through that. Um, I can't see him making another run uh, too far here, right after his amazing appearance as a lucky loser at the French Open. But um, I definitely do see a, a fairly bright future for him, yeah. Well, no, it's interesting that you have Goffin beating Tomek in the first round. Tomek actually made the quarterfinals last year and gave gave Djokovic actually a really good run, really frustrated him for for a couple sets. Took a set off him as well. But as interesting that you have Goffin, it seems like you're, you're very high on Goffin. Well, I, I think the problem with Tomek is he he's obviously had some very good results, but he doesn't seem like he's uh, had his head together too well this season. Um, when he... Uh, at Holly, when he played uh, Tommy Haas, he actually retired just a few games into the match, and there were some questions over uh, what that was all about. So I think he may still be having some issues mentally and physically as well that he has to contend with. So I, I do think Goffin's going to get through here, but um, obviously losing the quarterfinal points would be uh, a big setback for Tomich, but um, if he can get his head together, he does have a good game, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And just to see where uh, those two players are in that part of the draw, in that uh, little section, the highest seed is Sangha. But Sangha, one of my, he plays one of my favorite players in the first round, Leighton Hewitt. I mean, he was way past his prime, and I mean, I don't think Hewitt will win, but he could definitely play well against Sangha, and then... Uh, besides Tomich, Marty Fish is right there. This is the first major he's played in in a while because of he had heart surgery. So Tomich or Goffin, I mean, either of those guys could make something happen because they'd have to play Fish in the third round. You never know who he is, and Song is very unpredictable. Yeah, that's true. I think if if I think if if a Hewitt if Hewitt were to upset. Um, Song, I think the, the happiest person would be definitely Rafael Nadal. That would definitely open up his road to quarterfinal, road to semifinal, a lot, lot um, better. Let, let, let's just take a quick run through of the Americans, um, at least the more promising Americans. We're going, we're going to ignore James Blake because everyone ignores James Blake. Um, I know Dustin, your boy Michael Russell qualified for the tournament. I, he, actually, he, he plays another qualifier, a Spanish qualifier, who I won't attempt to pronounce the name. Um, how, how far do you think he can go? Do you think maybe a couple rounds? Uh, well, he does have a chance to make a decent run uh, by his standards because his, um, his potential second-round opponent would be Julian Benito, who is a beatable guy. And I do see Russell getting through the first round. Um, but really, just for him to qualify for this is, has been pretty good. He's at the point where he's you know, dropped below the direct entry line for Grand Slams, and he actually came through his final qualifying match in five sets. So just to qualify is a good achievement for him here because it should get him um, in position to get into the U.S. Open without having to qualify. And at the age of 34, it's hard to say how many of those he'll have left. So I've, I've been pleased to see how he's done so far. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Andrew, John Isner, he plays uh, almost Federer killer uh, Alejandro Faya. Uh, in the first round, how far do you think Isner's gone? Well, I think everyone is looking forward to a potential isner Mahout match in the second round. I mean, last year their famed rematch was a bit of a dud. Isner really just took it to Mahout. But Mahout beat Murray uh, in a warm-up tournament. And Mahout, so he's as close as anyone to being a grass-course specialist in today's game. 
So I think that would be obviously a very intriguing match. But assuming Isner gets out of that match, which I believe he will, he could face Seppi in the third round. Seppi is currently playing in the Eastbourne final against Andy Roddick. And Seppi's a player that has the game to make something happen in, in majors. So, I, I mean, Isner has a shot, but there's a couple of tough players that are looking around where he is in the draw. Yeah, and uh, and Donald Young, uh, he's not going to beat Usney, right? No way. Away. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Andy Roddick for a second. You know, he's, he's playing right now in the aforementioned Eastbourne final. Plays the uh, British wildcard, Jamie Baker. So what do you think about Roddick, guys? What, what do you think about his chances? He would play David Ferrer in the third round if he gets there. What, what do you think, Dustin? Do, do you think uh, Roddick has a chance to maybe make a fourth round? Well, I think I've been a little uh, mistaken and maybe writing it off too soon uh, in the past. Um I never expected him to make a run at Eastbourne. Um, his appearance at Queens was terrible, and uh, so it's really great to see him kind of uh, picking up his game a little bit here as we enter Wimbledon. So I, I do think he has a chance to definitely win a couple rounds. He has a great draw through the first two rounds, and then uh, Ferrer I think would be too much for him. But um, just for him to get to the third round after what he's been going through these last few months would be a pretty good thing especially coming off um, at least a final, if not a title, at Eastbourne. So it's a good start. Yeah, I definitely think if he can make one more late career run, I think you keep waiting for him to make one more one more run in the major. So I think, and, and I think it's also fair to say that that run will probably happen at Wimbledon. I think there's a good chance of that. Or, or, the, or the U.S. I mean, he, he did make the quarterfinal last year at the U.S. Open, lost in it all in, in straight sets, but you never know. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just think... I mean, he obviously feels comfortable in New York, but Wimbledon is a place where he has shown a lot of promise in the past. I mean, that epic final against Federer that he ended up losing. But, I mean, I think it could actually be this year. I mean, Ferrer, who's um, someone that he'll probably have to play in the third round, grass isn't Ferrer's surface. Ferrer actually won a title in the Netherlands a few hours ago. But... Um, Ferrer's beatable on grass, and Roddick has the type of game that will make things interesting against him, so should be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah definitely. A um, couple more Americans before we go through the quick um, section by section. Marty Fish, he's ha been having some uh, health problems. Uh, do you think he has a shot to make the uh, fourth round? I think that is almost completely out of the question. We've seen him in, in the limited amount of action that he's had this year. We've seen him play really poorly, and he hasn't played in months, and he didn't get a grass court warm-up warm up on the ATP Tour. I don't know if he played some other kind of exhibition tournament, but he's going to be coming in here uh, pretty, uh, pretty out of practice, so I think just for him to get through to, say, the third round would, would be surprising for me, but... Um, It'll be interesting to see, I think, going forward, you know, in the U.S. Open Series, what he'll be able to do. But here at Wimbledon, I don't think he has too much of a chance at all. Huh, interesting. And then finally, Brian Baker. You know, the story of the French Open came back. He was, you know, teaching tennis for a few years. Uh, Andrew, I mean, he plays a, a Portuguese, uh, the Portuguese uh, guy, uh, Mikado, in the first round. Then gets either Lopez or Niemann. Do, do you see him um, winning a match or two at Wimbledon? Well, I think he'll get past Mikado. I mean, Feliciano Lopez, he's a very interesting player uh, because of how 
part he serves and just the type of game he has. And Baker's one of the players, I think, that can grind it out against Lopez and make Lopez make a few mistakes. So I actually think out of all the seeded players, Baker might have had to play in the second round. Lopez is not too bad for him. But, I mean, if he can get past that, the next seeded player would be Alexander Tagapolov, who actually plays Alex Bogomolov in the first round. So I think Baker has a pretty good shot of making a run. I mean, looking way forward in the tournament, Nadal would be there. But it'll be fun to see what he can do. Yeah, definitely. So now that we've discussed the Americans and the top seeds, let's just go real quick through the draw. Section by section, uh, and you know, get you guys' predictions. Uh, top half, first section, Djokovic is the top seed. I mean, has anyone beating Djokovic in this in this tournament before, at least Nadal in the final? No. 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 Second second section. Um, so now, now we're just the rest of this half. We're just kind of playing for fun. Uh, Thomas Berdick is, this, is the, the top, second is the highest seed in the second section. He's had some great results here. Finalist 2010. Uh, you know, beating Federer in that run. Uh, next high seed would be Almagro, then Gasquet. A lot of qualifiers in this section. This seems like a pretty easy section for uh, Beardick, right? Um, actually, I wouldn't agree. I think um, there's actually a few people, including a few uh, kind of real obscure people like uh, uh, Tersanoff and Pechner, who, who may uh, sort of come out of nowhere because they do have the weapons to play good grass court tennis. So they're... Burnage has a chance of being upset a little early, um, but I think Gasquet um, against Burnage would be pretty much a toss-up for oh. me, and that'll be an interesting match. Well, I actually think Almagro, I mean, he's one of those players, obviously grass is in his surface, but he's still a very dangerous player. So I think the winner of the match between him and Gasquet um, could really give Burnage a run. Uh, now, would you pick Burnage, though, to, to make it out of the section? Yes. Dustin? Okay. Really? Not much yeah. love for Berdick here. Interesting. Uh, third section, Federer section, Simone, the second highest seed, and Verdasco as well. Is anyone picking anything, anyone other than Federer? Um, no, I mean, no, there, there's, there's a few people in, in, in that section of the draw who are interesting, but obviously Federer is going to have a pretty easy run through. Andrew going Federer as well? Yes. Okay. Uh, last part of the top half. Uh, I think this is one of the more intriguing sections. You have Janko Tiptarovic is your number one, is your top seed in this section. Then John Isner. Then you have players like Seppi, Yuzny, um, Igor Andreev, Mahout. Who, who do you think is getting out of this section? Uh, I actually think it's going to be Andrei Seppi. Seppi, really? So, I mean, Isner has a chance. But I think Seppi's one of those interesting players that will beat Isner in the third round and then will have a good chance of beating Tipsarovic. I, I would agree with that. You know, we saw Seppi beat Isner um, in Rome uh, a few months ago, and that was a really big uh, match for him that started his run at the Rome Masters Series to the quarterfinals. So um, that, that, that's a great thing for him, and I think... Uh, Sebi Tipsarevich would be a great match, and I'd have to give the slight edge to Tipsarevich to get through, but it's, that, that'll be uh, one of the more interesting matches. All right, interesting. Moving on to the bottom half of the draw, first section of the bottom half, David Ferrer, Juan Martino Potro, Andy Roddick, uh, Kane Shakuri's in there as well. Who do you think, this is a really interesting section of the draw, 
Do you think it can be Ferrer and Del Potro in the fourth round? And if so, who do you think wins that match? Dustin. Um, I'd have to go with Ferrer. He's just a solid, solid player. And uh, Del Potro is, is coming back slowly but surely, but he still had a few issues ever since he uh, returned from his year-long injury break. So Ferrer does have the edge there, I think, yes. I mean, I, I just, just would say don't count out Ishikori. I mean, he's one of those interesting players just to, to keep an eye on. But, I mean, I, I actually think Del Potro has a chance to beat Ferrer, especially if maybe Roddick can t- take a set or so off Ferrer. Maybe Ferrer will be um, a bit tired going into that match with Del Potro. I mean, it's hard to play uh, many of those big hitters in a row. So I think it'll be interesting. But when it's all said and done, Ferrer will be there. Interesting. And now, um, section six, the draw. Andy Murray, top seed, next seed, Marin Cilic, then Ryonich. Um, I know we've sort of discussed Murray's tough draw. Uh, who, who do you think comes out of this section? Dustin. Um, wow, there, there's a lot of people who could really contend here. I mean, Cilic has kind of been an afterthought these past couple of years, but he did manage to take the title at Queens, which is a big deal for him. And uh, I do think, given the fact that once again, Murray Murray's going to be tested every round. And so because of that, I do believe that uh, Milos Raonic will uh, get out of the section. Nice. What, what do you think, Andrew? I'm still holding on to Andy Murray. I'm, uh, I'm not giving up on him yet. So, it's probably going to – he will probably disappoint me again. But, I mean, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with him. All right. Sounds good. Moving on. Section 7, Sanga, Fish, Tomek, Goffin. Uh, Leighton Hewitt, Vavrinka, Meltzer. Andrew, who, who do you think comes out of this section? Sanga. Sa- I, mean, I think Hewitt could challenge Sanga. And even uh, Garcia Lopez is one of those intriguing players that might be able to uh, give Sanga some headaches. But at the end of the day, Sanga's a very good cross-court player. He's, he can just... And I, I think he'll end up getting through. I mean, Wawrinka won't be an easy out. We already talked about Tom Lynch and Goffin, and then who knows uh, what Marty Fish is capable of. Dawson, what do you think? Sanga? Uh, yeah, I, I would say Sanga. Uh, like I said, I don't think Fish is going to be a factor here at all. And uh, I actually think uh, Jesse Levine, in a potential uh, second-round match against Goffin, would have a chance. He's another American who's uh, had a good year this year, and he's uh, still fairly young and looking to break through. So I'd keep an eye on him. But, yeah, um, in the end, Sanga will be too strong. But there will be some interesting uh, things going on within that section uh, that could lead to some big surprises. All right. Uh, section 8, Nadal's section. A- a- anyone beating Nadal? Well, I-, I think keep an eye out for Tommy Haas. I mean, he plays Cole Schreiber in the first round, and then both of them would be, or one of them would be a potential third-round match for Nadal. And Nadal lost to Cole Schreiber at Howie, and Haas, is, he beat Federer in straight sets. I mean, you never know with Tommy Haas. He's one of those interesting players. He loves the grass. So, I mean, I think, I actually think Haas will get past Coach Grabber. I think Haas might be able to take a set off Nadal, but Nadal will get through. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, and I totally agree. I, I think uh, Haas will easily beat Coach Schreiber. He beat him in Halle on his way to the title, and I think uh, he's just this amazing guy who's managed to come back again and again, and he's obviously going to be a sentimental favorite for a lot of people. And it's unfortunate for him that he had to uh, 
show up in the doll section of the draw because I think that'll be a little too tough for him. But in the mother section, man, he could do some real damage. So, so I mean, given that he, um, given that he doesn't have much uh, success under his belt except for these past few weeks um, since his comeback, I think even winning uh, two or three matches here at Wimbledon will be huge for him. All right, but yeah, that's uh, it's it's always it's you know the, the luck of the draw is always sometimes it's very nice, sometimes it's bad. Um, all right, so for for the final rounds, do you, okay, who do you see of the big four not making the semifinals, Andrew? I mean, obviously Murray has to be the person you think probably won't make it, but I mean he still has a shot. In quarterfinals could probably have to play Ferrer, and even though we lost to Ferrer at the French Open. This is uh, Wimbledon, so I mean, Murray has the best chance not to be there, but you never know. Yeah, are we are, are we going Djokovic Nadal in the final? Yes, Dustin. Um, I'm not going to be as confident about it as I have been at past majors. I think there, I, I'm, and I'm actually really hoping there could be a shakeup. But yes, I have to lean yeah. that way. Okay, one word. Does Djokovic beat Nadal, Dustin? Yes. Andrew. No. All right. Well, we will leave it at that. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed the, the 2012 Wimbledon uh, Championships. Should be a great tournament. ESPN three showing everything. Nine courts at once. Um, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be a great fortnight of tennis. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we hope to see you another time.